On this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, with the NFL trade deadline just two weeks away, John and myself will take a look at the roster and see which players should be on the move before November 7th. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by none other than Cody Davis, and the trade deadline is coming up for the NFL. Uh, Cody, the no- November 7th is the date, right? Yes, sir. And the Houston Texans are sitting at 1-4-1. One, and one. one, was that – is it <laughs> – it's just it's so hard to say. But they're not very good right now. The record isn't very good, even though they've been competitive in most of their games. A lot of the, their losses have been one-score game, one-score losses. But, you know, the season right now, it is what it is, and the trade deadline is coming up. And you got veterans on this roster that could possibly come in for another team and and be very helpful as situational guys or maybe a key piece. We're looking at vets like Brandon Cooks, Kirksey, Kamu, the the, the linebacker core, uh, maybe even a guy like Eric Murray or, you know, I'm not sure, but for Houston, is there anybody on this roster that makes sense to move on from and go ahead and try to get something back for him in return for the future? Yeah, and, you know, the one name that I'm looking at, and I hate to say it because, you know, I actually have somewhat of a relationship with this guy, is Brandon Cooks. Look, for some reason, Brandon Cooks is not... Teams have been making calls for him. Yeah, teams has been making calls for him, but, you know, Brandon Cooks have not been the guy that has been this team's best wide receiver. You know, as of right now, um, six games into the 2022 campaign, John and myself, we have been talking about it a lot that Nico Collins has been taking a helm as wide receiver number one. And to be honest with you, John, listeners and viewers, you know, just taking a look at Brandon Cook's production, especially when comparing it to his first two seasons with the Houston Texans, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, I, I wouldn't even necessarily consider him as this team's second best wide receiver. And I know that statement might throw a lot of people off but when you take a look at the production when you take a look at wide receivers who are actually went out there on the field and actually made plays for this organization i could come back with the argument and say a guy like chris moore has been this team's second best wide receiver because he has made more bigger plays than brandon cooks and I hate to say it, John, you know me, you always say it a lot that I overvalue players and what they can actually get back in return. But when I take a look at the rest of the NFL and I look at a team like the Green Bay Packers, ironically, we always talking about Green Bay calling the Houston Texans and getting one of their receivers. As a matter of fact, we actually had um, a similar conversation like this a couple years ago um, during the time we were talking about whether or not the Houston Texans should depart from Will Fuller just retired by the way um unfortunately but um (laughs) but i say all that just to say you know i look at a team like the green bay packers and i i I look at what they're going through with their wide receiving core and we all know that you know brandon cooks is not the guy who was playing with tom brady who's playing with drew Brees. hell he's not the player that was playing with deshaun watson in the in the first half of davis mills's career but 
I think he still has something left in the tank if you put him with a better quarterback, a damn good quarterback at that, or at least a Hall of Famer quarterback in Aaron Rodgers with a better offensive with a better offensive scheme. You know, maybe Nick Casario can flip him for something more valuable because John, with the trade deadline coming up, and I take a look at possible moves that the Houston Texans can really can, can make. You know, the one thing I've been preaching the most: how is the how are the Houston Texans going to benefit? from this in their rebuild whether it be a young prospect that you get back in return or nine times out of ten draft picks how will the houston texans rebuilding core benefit from this when i take a look at um brandon cooks a guy who is getting up there in age as we all know and unfortunately it seemed like he's you know on the decline of his career i'm not too sure that the houston texans can benefit having brandon cooks on the roster not just for 2022 but beyond yeah, a, a, an issue with Brandon Cooks may be his contract situation. I mean, he signed that two-year yeah, extension, extension early in the year. He's 29, turns 30 next year, makes $18 million. The year after that, turns 31, makes $13 million. Uh, just a lot of money for a right receiver who, through the first six weeks, isn't performing well at all. And if we're questioning whether or not he's the number two on his team, hmm. then that doesn't really bode well for <laughs> favorable uh, return packages for trade for Brandon Cooks. Now, he is the name, (laughs) but he is the player that I think if anybody else on this, on this team, we would point to and say, who should they trade? Brandon Cooks would be the top guy. Um, I don't think Houston is going to move on from a player like Laramie Tunsil, who by the way, looks much more of an inspired run blocker with, Damian Pierce running the ball. We've hmm. seen him with any other running back the Houston Texans has had during his time. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Houston tries to move on from one of those linebackers. And I, and I say that because I just don't think that things have just been working out for him. On both, you know, like I don't think both sides, either parties, the coaching staff and the franchise and the linebackers itself, itself when I look at specifically – Kamu and Kirksey, who Houston brought back and, you know, signing in extension with, with the other guy. Um, I don't think the relationship, the working relationship has been working out. And I think for Houston, if this season is what it's going to be, if you're just trying to develop guys and figure out what you have for the future, then maybe you move on from one of those players early on, get more playing snaps over to guys like Cashman Hansen, who, you know, has a relationship with Levy Smith. Gary Wallow, who needs more snaps and playing time. Christian Harris, who, you know, didn't play very well in his first game out there, but could possibly benefit from just being thrown out there to play football and being coached up behind the scenes as well at practice. But I, I can look at that situation for Houston defensively as a reason to move on. And maybe by the seventh, some of these teams that their, their, their linebackers are dropping out due to injury or just not good play they have playoff aspirations make them call it john let me ask you this you know you you, you mentioned brandon cooks you mentioned hill you mentioned um kersey um you know like i like i said with the joke you know maybe they could look at brandon cook's name and maybe you could get a better trade package back in return but 
Do you, as of right now, see anybody on this roster where you can say that is your best trade asset, where you can get the best trade package back in return? For me personally, the only guy I can really see is Jerry Hughes. You're talking about a guy who has been arguably their best defensive lineman throughout this whole entire season. He's leading this team in sacks with, I think, four to four and a half. Um, and I think he might be their best trade asset. And like I mentioned, Brandon Cooks, I mean, there's the name. <laughs> The name ain't gonna work. It might. No, I, I, but I think the best trade asset right now, if we're not including the rookies, of course. Oh yeah, like realistically. Realistically, the best trade asset is hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, no question. Larry Tunsil. Mm. Larry Tunsil has been playing some damn good football. Whether you want to look at him as a pass blocker, or or how and how much more meaner and tougher he's looked. As a run blocker, especially when he's getting out in space, we had an opportunity to see that on Sunday where uh, the DB tried to make a play and it was just like, what are you doing? I'm Larry Tunsil. Get out of the way. We've seen that multiple times throughout the year. So no question it's Larry Tunsil. But I think trading Larry Tunsil stunts the growth of Damian Pierce and Kenyon Green, your two rookies who are having a very good rookie year so far. We're going to talk about whether or not Damian Pierce is the rookie of the year. Prayers over to Brees Hall, who tours ACL. Well, they're fearing that he tours ACL at the time of his recording. So, you know, but I don't think they moved from Larry Tussle. So, realistically, it would have to be, in my opinion, maybe Cooks or you look at the linebacker position. It won't be any other guys in the front four outside of Jerry Hughes, which is a good point. Um, it won't be no guy interior. They can't afford that. They don't have a lot of bodies at that position. Um, maybe it would have been Jonathan Gennard, but his injury woes – cancels that out and i think that he is a good quality piece for houston for their future defensively i don't think he's a star but he can be like an antonio smith if you ever draft your jj white type of player if that makes sense so it'd be larry tonson for me man and now we were from our sponsor better help it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with challenges in your life however think about that feeling when you find your own solution, there's no better feeling and the therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or how small. And if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first order. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first order. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very simple, very easy. Add your job online at LinkedIn.com. Then add the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who do you like to interview and hire? 
It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. Visit LinkedIn jobs and it helps you to help yourself find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And, of course, on yesterday we touched on the game, the Houston Texans falling 38 to 20 to the Las Vegas Raiders. And of course, the biggest disappointment that we had was the Texans' subpar performance on the defensive side of the ball. However, uh, we missed a very important topic, and that was the injuries that the Houston Texans sustained. Um, oh, on Sunday, the Houston Texans lost Malik Collins with a chest injury, Nico um, Collins with a groin injury, and Keon Green with a shoulder injury. Uh, we had an opportunity to hear from Lovey Smith earlier. Early on in the day, of course, we asked about updates. And as of right now, um, during during the time of that press conference, and of course, during the time of this recording, um, there was no really further updates. But John, you know, I think I hated the injuries more so than the Texans defense when I take a look at what actually hurt the Houston Texans in this game. And I say that because especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, as I mentioned on yesterday, that was by far the best offensive performance that I've seen um, from the Texans throughout this entire season. And a big part of that was um, how good Nico Collins was playing. It finally seemed like that the Texans actually stayed true to their word. Because remember, prior to the bye week, <laughs> um, Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, both of those guys talked about how they needed to get Nico Collins involved, more involved within this offense. And by the time he went down, we know we know about the high start he had. What he had three catches for about 35, 40 yards. Um, he was getting in the groove. But you know, with him going down with a groin injury, as of right now, I do expect him to miss at least next Sunday's game because going into the game against the Las Vegas Raiders, um, you know, his his status was up in the air because not only was he dealing with a groin in, in injury, he was also dealing with an Achilles injury as well. So I'm expecting him to miss some time. And then you then, you know, the, the second big injury was Keon Green. Um this is a, a rookie, a rookie offensive lineman over the last couple of games. You can see him finally starting to find his confidence, finally starting to get into the groove, being that offensive lineman that led the Houston Texans drafting him in the first in the first round. And, you know, I hate to see Green go down because, like I just mentioned, he was getting in the groove. And not only that, over the last couple of weeks, Damian Pierce been tearing it up. And part of the reason why is due to the perfect run blocking of Keon Green. If Green isn't able to go at least on Sunday, I'm expecting a Houston, Texas run game to just take a little bit of a step back. <coughs> yeah, uh, losing Kenyon is is big for that run mm -hmm. game and uh, the production from Damian Pierce. But I point directly to Nico. As of right now, the Texans do not have anybody that can replicate the production of Nico Collins right now. And I'm not even saying the Texans have been super – you know, the, the plays have been substantial when they're going to Nico. They don't have an offense that's been, you know, splash-worthy or electrifying. But Nico is averaging nearly 18 yards per catch right now, hmm. if not over 18 yards per catch, on the rare 
opportunities that he is getting. And I don't think Houston has anybody that could replicate that, whether it be on the active roster who, you know, we thought that we were going to see a lot more of Tyler Johnson. He's just been a body. Um, and if Nico goes down and if Tyler Johnson still isn't right with the playbook here in Houston, are we going to expect Johnny Johnson or Jalen Kemp, either one of those guys to get called up? So I'll be looking for that throughout the week. By the way, man, your boy Jordan Aiken. Shout out to Aikens. I forgot to shout him on the show. Man. Um, Davis Mills with the prettiest of passes. Only where Aikens can get it with the perfect touch and Aikens comes down with it on Sunday. Then he also made a couple other big plays for Houston. Davis Mills also had a dart to Philip Dorsett. That touchdown was a very impressive throw. Uh, he used his legs. Used his legs, like I mentioned on yesterday. <laughs> yeah, got busy with him. But overall, Houston losing Nico Collins maybe the could turn out to be the biggest loss. But I will say this: the Texans were bad defensively with stopping the run with Malik Collins. I'm I'm very. If he doesn't play, I am curious to see how they are not going to be even more of a bad run team. The moment Malik went down, I mean, they are already a bad team. It's top of the run, but it got worse against the Raiders. And they're playing the Titans twice. Like, they got the Titans coming up, and then, you know, they got some teams that can run that ball right now. And I'm going to be very curious to see if Malik Collins is out for an extended amount of time, who's going to step up, or what can Houston do to try to stop that nose bleeding of teams running all over Today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, plus big game recaps, plus the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and whatever you get your podcasts. And welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, for this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans. And listeners, I got you back, and I'm going to just come out and say it. John, why do you have that jersey on for the second day in a row? I know that's your boy, but but, but why? Just why? Man, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people, and uh, Mike Evans just doesn't really get the respect that he deserves, man. So So why not wear a Brandon Cook's jersey? Because I don't have one. Uh, I can get you one. That's okay. Uh, when I wore this jersey when we recorded Monday's show, you know, people saw it. It's like, man, why are you, you know, Mike Evans, Mike Evans? And I, we had the conversation, and Mike Evans just doesn't get the love that I think he should. So I was like, you know, I'm going to wear it again today. Mike Evans is a Texas boy, you know what I'm saying? Out there, Galveston, shout out to the 409 in Galveston area. Man, man, cold, man. Y'all better start respecting Mike Evans. Yeah, he should have yeah. dropped their 75-yard touchdown on Sunday, though. I'll tell you that. Brady, but you know what? Brady Brady right now has Brady should have stayed retired, man. Oh, my gosh. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. So, if you guys know me, for the people that know me, I blame Harrison Barnes on Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. 
Because mm-hmm. if he plays better in the finals and knocks down open jumpers, they win. Katie never comes and screws up the NBA for a couple of seasons. And and the city of Houston would definitely have a championship. Would have a, would have a championship. <laughs> so I say that to say this. I blame Adam Schefter for tweeting about the retirement earlier and not giving Brady the opportunity to say he's retiring for him coming out to, you know, prove a point or whatever, which is why the divorce is happening and everything <laughs> else. Uh, but all serious, all jokes aside, I, you know, I really hope that they're able to kind of find something out and stay together. I really hope this is Tom Brady's last year. Hmm. It doesn't look the same. And uh, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are responding well to him right now as well. Mm-mm. Um, but you know, this ain't locked on bucks, locked on, you know, warriors. Who, boy, <laughs> um, and locked on calves or oh, anything like that. This is locked on Texans, and I say that just to say, um, Damian Pierce, man. Ever since the game against the Chicago Bears, where he had that costly fumble in the fourth quarter, and Lovey Smith pulled them, um, for in favor of Rex Burkhead, man. This is a young man that has been on a roll over the last three games. I mean, you know, you saw what he was able to do Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. And once again, um, we, we, we talking about a guy in Damian Pierce that is, you know, one of the most explosive rookies in the league right now. And, you know, I, I, I kind of figured this going into the draft, but almost every single week, I'm starting to think that, Within the next five to 10 years, we would definitely look back on the 2022 NFL draft and say that it it's arguably one of the best over the last decade because so many rookies are going oh, out there and showcasing what they can do, and they have been doing it on a high level. And then when you look here in the city of Houston, you know, Derek Stingley, he has been, you know, he hasn't been Derek Stingley like we we was hoping that we that we was going to get from LSU. However, I do want to keep this in mind. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing out of um, Derek Stingley Jr. as of right now because at the end of the day, you got to realize that, realize that this is the first time that he is actually going through a season ever since what? His freshman year at LSU because he's been injured over the last two years. Um, you know, Jalen Petrie, he has been doing this thing. But when you take a look at um Damian Pierce, man, this guy has been, I hate to say it, but maybe the MVP of this of this team through the first six games. And, you know, unfortunately, we all know the injury that took place in New York, but Damian Pierce should be the lead candidate for offensive rookie of the year. There's no doubt about it. I think so. Uh, <clears throat> on Sunday, I saw some shades of Arian Foster. From I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you I've did. Said, <laughs> I've said the one cut, the goal, the smooth transitions when he's running. He's um, getting comfortable. He's, That's he's the scary part about he, it. He's getting more effective in, in, the, in the passing game. You know, whatever he's getting, those dink and dunk players able to pick up some positive yards. Mm-hmm. And he'll get there to where he's a little bit more impactful as a pass catch out of the backfield. You're seeing him become better with picking up blitzes on third downs. That communication is improving. He's not fumbling the ball. Again, watching him with some patience at running, able to find a hole, cut to it, and go to pick up some yards. Very Arian Foster-esque, and I agree with you. Hmm. He is making this team offensively, at the very least, fun to watch. And mm-hmm. Houston has not had a lot of fun to watch players <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball. <clears throat> and the damn show ain't been at the running back position <laughs> since the days of 
you know, the one-two punch Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson had a few seasons ago. Houston has had some very bad running back play. David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, uh, uh, you know, Royce Freeman, whenever he seldom got the ball. Uh, but Pierce has been fun, and he's fun on the field. He's fun off the field. I 100% agree that when I look at all the offensive rookies in the league right now, I can't think of too many guys that are having a better season than Damian Pierce. They may be on better teams, may have better situations, but they're not mm. doing what Damian Pierce is doing out of the backfield for the Texans. I'm John Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Thank you for checking us out today. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page as well. On the road to 3K. Can we get it before the year is out? Hopefully we can. But again, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe, like, and comment on YouTube. Raider fans, get off. <laughs> get off Second me. day in a row, they coming get for you. Get off me. <laughs> Shout out and to it, your boy Q, Locked On Raiders Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.